Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw, and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me. Life-changing moments, life-changing people. Because on With Wit, very little is off limits. Hi, everyone. Welcome to With Wit. Okay, so today I have a great episode. One of my favorite, favorite, favorite beauty brands is Ilia. So Ilia is the OG of clean, thoughtfully formulated products. Their lip wrap reviving balm, multi-stick, and super serum skin tint SPF 40 are essentials in my everyday routine. And I had the pleasure of speaking with the Ilya founder, Sasha Plavsic. After working as a brand executive in the fashion industry and beauty industries, Sashi went home and her mother, a health and wellness pioneer, encouraged her to read the ingredients on her favorite lip balm. Many were not safe, and so the story begins. Sasha creates safe and effective beauty products to protect and revive the skin. During our conversation, we discuss thoughtful beauty, why it's important to her, her favorite products, her best career advice, and so much more. And I have an awesome offer for you from Sasha. Visit Ilia Beauty, that's I-L-I-A-B-E-A-U-T-Y dot com and use code WITHWIT at checkout for 15% off your first purchase. All right. Now here is Sasha. I have loved Ilya for years and I remember when it first came out, it was really one of its kind, you know, really focusing on it being natural, but quality ingredients. And there wasn't a lot like it. So you've been a pioneer in the industry. I guess first we could start with your relationship with beauty before you created Ilya. I obviously read your story about your brother and how and your mom being a pioneer in in the organic world and creating the co-op and everything. So I know you had that background, but like what was your specific relationship with beauty? Yeah, I think, you know, if I go way back to the beginning, my first memory of beauty was when I was little, because mm-hmm. I could, I remember my nose was probably the same height as the bathroom counter <laughs> and seeing all of, I'm going to plug somebody here, but seeing all of the Clinique lipstick tubes, mm-hmm. which were that really, it's so classic, the silver with the rings that go up and down and really? making some of them and putting them on and feeling like my mom or feeling special because there's something mesmerizing, I think, by watching 
your mother or your aunt or your grandmother or somebody applying makeup. There's a, mm-hmm. it's a real core memory that's being created mm-hmm. for many people. Mm-hmm. So I was definitely in that party. And I remember that vividly. And it's funny today because now I've had moments with my kids doing that and yeah. me coming in and busting them, you know, the cap getting smashed back down on the open lipstick and slammed into the drawer thinking that I won't see, even though it's all over their face (laughs) for the now four-year-old. She was two or three when she did that. Yeah. You can't help but laugh and think I did that too. Totally. Totally. (laughs) So so that what I'd say is my first memory. And then as I gradually grew up, I mean, I was into makeup, a little bit of skincare, but at the Mm -hmm. age of 13, I started getting acne. Mm-hmm. And I remember that very much. And that lasted until my mid thirties. Mm-hmm. So I think that was a constant battle and struggle and an embarrassment mm-hmm. really. And I, I have absolute sympathy for people who are going through it. Mm-hmm. I tried so many things and I really did not feel beautiful when I had that going on and more self-conscious. So yeah, I would explore how to hide it, mask it. And always felt that I was hiding and masking in a way that almost made it look worse. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that was, yeah, definitely, I think, a big inspiration to figuring out how to eradicate that feeling and and bring a little balance back to my self-confidence. Yeah, totally. And unfortunately, some of those hardships like acne can, you can learn so much from them and I had the same experience. Like, I don't think that I would have taken such good care of my skin or still be taking such good care of my skin if I didn't have that stage with that really bad cystic acne where I had to care, you know? And I remember those moments where you show up to school and it's all you can think about. And so it becomes part of your identity. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you go on a date. Oh, yeah. Or if you're older and you meet somebody at the bar, not to put myself in that light and think about it going home and waking up in the next morning. And totally. Why then did you decide to start your business? And then what were those early stages like? I think I was probably always an entrepreneur at heart, yet I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. You know, I came from a family where my dad was an architect and he built his own business, but he'd immigrated from Eastern Europe. Mm -hmm. He was very driven he always saw North America as a land of opportunity. And it, he obviously it was in a way different time. He was right. quite a bit older when he had me, but built mm-hmm. his business in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s. And I think I really saw that drive for him wanting to create. And he was very creative. So I was mm-hmm. very inspired by that, not even knowing it at the time, but it was definitely like a core memory imprinting itself. Totally. And I think for myself, I'd worked in graphic design, worked my way up as an art director creative director, truly more of an art director by the time I was 30. What are the differences between an art director and a creative director? Yeah, I would probably depend on the size of the company. Okay. But first, our company now, a creative director, you really have to have the experience, I would say, 20 years of yeah. experience, at yeah. least for 15, 20 years, and have managed a huge team of people, understand how to build out a team. Mm-hmm. There's a real corporate element to it, Okay. I think, at a bigger company. And then when you're smaller, you know, you can be a creative director at a smaller company, but that's where the job's probably even more fun because you don't have to manage as many people. You probably have more creative reign mm-hmm. and things like red that. Tape. Yeah. Not as much red tape, mm-hmm. not as many people to, to please. 
that's a shout out to my SVP of creative. I feel like she has a lot of people to please in our company. So yeah, I think, you know, I'd done that. I worked in the eyewear industry. I did work briefly in the beauty industry. I did a freelance with Urban Decay Cosmetics back in 2008. I traveled a lot and I kind of played around a little bit with a few ideas just exploring. I actually, like I'd find something and become obsessed with it. So I had this double face wool coat that was one color and the other, or one color on one side, another color on the other. It's amazing in the rain. And I grew up in Vancouver. I used to live in London and England and it rained all the time and it was really repellent. It didn't feel like it felt cozy. It didn't feel like so waterproof, like I can't stand rain jackets. (laughs) And so I They need to be dual purpose. I don't want a rain jacket. That's just a rain jacket. Like it's not enough for me. I need, Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And something that looked cool and like yes. even be reversible. And I was totally. like, this is so awesome. And I wasn't a mom yet, but I'm like, I could do like a mom version and a mini me version. So I completely explored the whole idea. I started making samples. And then when I started sourcing fabric, a lot of it was coming from China. The process in which they were doing it was not great for the environment. And I got to a point where I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do this. Yeah. So I, I tabled it, but I got to the sample stage. I did another one. I actually have like somewhere on my Instagram, I was going through our boxes when we moved and I found these really, they're so ugly. They're <laughs> these like hand, hand dyed silk scarves from Bali. I had oh a Bali God. phase. Yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. I feel like ago. we all did. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, they're so cool. That's what I thought way back then. And I thought I was going to have a scarf business. I really love the brand Faliero Sarti. That's uh-huh. a Italian scarf brand. They're just, I mean, if anybody wants to know that, that you know, top of the top that to me Faliero Sarti is the best mm-hmm. but I thought I could do a more colorful silk version and explored all that what they do is they actually put wax on the silk and then they drop dye on it and it kind of bleeds to that oh cool edge of the wax. So okay it's like, it's like a gradient yeah so cool so time consuming and really hard to get samples from Bali back here so tabled it yeah you know? and and then with this one this one, this one ended up working out, but I became really obsessed at the time with ingredients and mm-hmm. with my skin. And I, I was living in California. I left California and came back to Vancouver and moved in next to my parents. I'd left a long relationship of a decade, pretty much, and kind of came home with my tail between my legs and hadn't spent a lot of time there in 12 years. So I was reconnecting with family, reconnecting with my mom. And parents are critical. And I think she was quite critical of what I had in my makeup bag and my skincare bag because I was complaining about my skin. She's like, well, have you decided, you know, if you want to read the label and turn something over and really look at what's in there. And that's how it really started. So the first product was your lip balm, right? Yeah. So I think, you know, I really, I like a hybrid item. Yeah. And I used to wear really bold. I still do, but it was definitely more when I was younger, like really bold reds, magenta type tones, a nice bold lip. And there were some great brands out there at the time that were delivering really beautiful colors. They still do today. Mm -hmm. I do think that what I was experiencing is like the lipstick would wear off. You have a a line around the outside of your lips and my Mm -hmm. lips would start to get really dry. Mm -hmm. So I always felt like I was applying a drugstore balm in between. Right. Where it makes you feel like you are dependent on it. Yeah. It doesn't actually work. You just keep on putting it on and then it just like absorbs in and yeah. (laughs) It's a vicious cycle. Yeah. You know, and I thought, what if I could do something? And then like the bombs, there were some also that were found at 
health food stores too that were nice, but I just found them to feel not very elevated. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I was like, what if I could create more of an elevated looking lipstick, lip like slash lip balm that hydrated the lips that had buildable colors. So for those that are afraid of wearing a lipstick, so I had a lot of friends that would say, wow, you can wear such a bold lip. I could never do that. And I'm like, well, why don't you try like a tinted, you know, like a baby red and see, and then they'd get excited because they felt like they were wearing something bold. For me, it would be so soft, but everybody has their level of comfort, of right? Course. So I felt like yeah. it was also like a hybrid of level of comfort, one swipe light, three swipes, you know, more color. So, and I just became obsessed with figuring out, I'd walk into a store, a Sephora, and I'd say, what's your best-selling nude lip? What's your best-selling pink? Mm -hmm. What then ask, did a ton of research and was very, I was actually being interviewed the other day and people said, how did you decide just to start doing that? Mm -hmm. The internet is amazing. Even back in 2009, it was really good. And trade shows. And I remember I found a trade show, booked myself in to go down and check it out, met a chemist. It wasn't that easy, actually. I found other chemists and other labs and, and went through a process where the formulas didn't work or they failed because I was trying to do something so different. And finally found somebody who I really clicked with. It's like, you know, you meet someone and you have that spark and you, totally. you're like, I'm going to know you for a while and we're going to do something amazing together. And it was that moment. And that's what we did. Ugh, and so are you still working with them? The same chemist? I do. We do work. I'm um, sure you work with a million different labs. Yeah. We have to. You don't yeah. want to have everything with one. That's right. a liability. When I had our CEO join several years ago, she was like, oh my God, we have to diversify our manufacturers, and which is a smart move to do just from a business standpoint. But yes, we do still do work together. Okay. And now a word from one of our sponsors. Okay. So my mom is pretty hard to shop for, but one thing I know she'll never have enough of is photos of her grandkids. The skylight frame is the perfect gift for her since it's just so simple to use and we can send her new photos of her grandkids all the time. The skylight digital photo frame is a sweet and meaningful gift that will give you a new way to stay in touch with those you love. It's so simple and so fun to use, even if you're not tech savvy. No app or subscription required to send photos anytime from anywhere. We have ours in the kitchen and it always makes my day seeing my niece's face who lives in New York. I miss her so much. It holds thousands of photos that continuously rotate through and bring daily joy. A hundred percent satisfaction guaranteed. If you don't love your skylight, they'll offer you a full refund. Preload it with favorite photos for a special Mother's Day gift. Surprise them with photos they didn't even know you had. Now, as a special Mother's Day offer, get 10% off. That's up to $30 off your frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash wit. That's right. To get 10% off, up to $30 off your purchase of a skylight frame, just go to skylightframe.com slash wit. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash wit. That's up to $30 off your frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash wit. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash wit. Okay, so for a long time, I've used a humidifier for my skin, for Sunny when he's not feeling well, for sleep, and just overall wellness. The problem is that traditional models are notorious for being ugly, moldy, and impossible to maintain. 
So that's where the canopy humidifier comes in. Recommended by leading dermatologists and pediatricians, the Little Dreams by Canopy Humidifier is a completely reimagined humidifier that effortlessly hydrates your skin while elevating your home and nursery to promote easier breathing and better sleep for you and your baby. It alleviates cough, nasal congestion, and other symptoms of cold, flu, and allergies. Canopy's unique features and design make it the easiest, cleanest humidifier out there. It's truly soft, healthy skin's best kept secret. It helps to prevent dry, itchy skin and relieve symptoms of eczema. Canopy's humidifiers have clean, no-miss moisture that effortlessly hydrates your skin to combat dryness, dullness, fine lines, and wrinkles. Its hassle-free technology inhibits mold growth, and the parts go right into the dishwasher. It's that easy. Plus, add subtle, soothing aromas to your baby's environment with the Little Dreams by Canopy Aroma Kit. Rise is one with sweet orange and refreshing eucalyptus, aiding in easy breathing. And at bedtime, Lull, a blend of warm vanilla and calming lavender, helps little ones drift to sleep. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy humidifier purchase today with Canopy's filter subscription. Even better, my listeners can use code WITHWIT at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your skin and baby will thank you. How do I ask my boss for a raise? I'm so jealous of my coworker's promotion. I just don't know what to do. Is there a good way to brag about my accomplishments? Careers are complicated, and there are so many hush-hush topics we're told we can't talk about. That's why you have the Career Contessa podcast. I'm your host, Lauren McGoodwin, and each week I'm joined by experts to help you overcome your workplace woes with actionable advice that you can use today. Subscribe to the Career Contessa podcast and make progress in your career every Tuesday. All right, now back to the chat. Okay. So when you first came out and when you went to the trade shows, were you just selling the lip balm or were you selling other things too? That was it. You know, I decided to focus in on one. At that time, did you think that that was what was going to be the hero product and you were just going to be making lip balms forever? Or did you already have that foresight? Like, okay, if this takes off, then like a whole makeup line is what I want to do. I want to remember that yeah. part back. <laughs> I think... I feel like I'd get obsessed with one thing at a time. Yeah. So I was obsessed with making that lip great. And it's really scary to bring something out into the world. I think, you know, I've seen sayings where like, there's way more fear of failing than actual failing. That's probably you know, so that, true. Yeah. Like if you, you know, just taking the risk to do that and getting it out there, seeing what the response is. I had my own little focus groups of friends and family. So I would ask them like, what else would you use? Or, and an easy transition to do from the lip was actually the multi-stick. So the multi-stick is one of our best-selling products. It's, Love the multi-stick. It yeah, it's like, it's been around forever now. And we did new colors last year and it was an easy transition because it's a cream emulsion. It still has color. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I walked towards it. And eventually I did start thinking about complexion. I needed to spend a lot of time learning that. It actually, I think, took me a full decade to get that right. And we did in the end, but there was a lot of learning and failing along the way with complexion. Of course. I mean, but that's not really, that's not something you want to rush. No, I mean, nor is anything. I feel like for all entrepreneurs listening 
to, like what you said, really take that time to make sure that the product is the best that it can be so that you're not like spreading yourself too thin. And then you have a bunch of things that are just not that great. Like, I feel like it's so important, especially when you launch to have that thing that like, you know, is going to hit. Totally. So what was like your first big sale? And like, were you just selling online? It was really elementary. Yeah. I I mean, the company was started with I went to my dad mm-hmm. and I was saving money. I was actually rebranding an aromatherapy company called Sage. Okay. And I was learning Love about Sage. ingredients there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they, they're from Vancouver. Okay. They had several stores and I came in and gave them a rebrand, just like a light facelift and introduced them to the store designer of the, of Aritzia. Mm-hmm. Love Aritzia too. Yes. And made a connection. They went and got funding and they took off. And while that was all happening, I was working on Ilya at night. So I was actually learning about ingredients and everything on one side and still having my hand in that, but working on Ilya at the same time. And then I think from a standpoint, I launched in one little boutique in Vancouver too. And there was a tiny little launch party. And from there, it was me, me getting in a car and driving down the coast and going into all the lifestyle stores and saying, Hey, do you guys carry a bit of beauty? Maybe they had a hand cream. I have this little display that I designed with my dad, the architect, and, you know, and they loved it. And I was lucky. And I think it was just, I was excited about it. People felt excited about it. They liked the product and that's how it naturally grew. Started to grow. So you first started with like the mom and pop business and getting your name into more of like the well-known lifestyle shops that would create like the exposure that you wanted. And then what was your first major like accomplishment in terms of dream partner or just like the next step of the business? And this is like really taking it back. So some people that are listening to this may not know, but Colette in Paris was the lifestyle at store. And I think within the first year we got into Colette not knowing anybody, just sending them samples. We got into ABC Home, which was also a bigger deal back then. And net forte was launching Beauty. I can't remember. I think it was in 2013. Mm-hmm. And we were one of the first of six brands to launch Beauty with net forte And they did make a big mark in that area back in the day. Mm-hmm. And that helped really put us on the world stage. Totally. So in all of this growth, I'm sure there were so many moments of doubt too. And like I said, there are so many small business owners out there that listen. And that's a huge focus of the podcast. And so I'm curious, like if you remember during those moments of doubts or even now as the brand has completely made it, is there any kind of mantra or things that you would tell yourself to get past that? Like, oh, I should just give up. Yeah, there was a lot of moments of doubt. And I'd say there are still some today. There's less today. I think that's a combination of age and time. Totally. Confidence um, and mm-hmm. yeah, more maturity. confidence mm-hmm. uh, and maturity. And there still is moments of doubt, but there was a lot more in the beginning. And I had to listen to them. I doubted some of the products we launched mm-hmm. because we used to be more natural and more organic. Okay. And they weren't great. Mm-hmm. So there was a really big refresh physically to the product that took place in around 2014, 2015, I actually, we only have a couple SKUs left that still existed, like the multi-stick, everything else has been redone Uh and scrapped and started over. So there was definitely like an evolution of the brand. And I think, you know, you think of a brand having nine lives, this has definitely had several. Right. And those moments when I would doubt even the branding, we did a rebrand in 2019. And I thought, 
okay, this logo is already, I designed it in 2009. This logo is a decade old. The packaging is really hard to keep consistent because of these types of finishes. It's actually not the most environmentally friendly. I'm doubting that we can get to this next level with this type of packaging and identity. We need to redo it. So I think it's really an inner feeling or a voice inside that says, this isn't right. Or I, I feel like I need to make some type of a change here. So when that happens, I really listen to it. Because if I don't listen to it, when we're launching a product or other things are going on, you're afraid to say something, whatever it is, you've got to listen to it. Mm -hmm. And you, you have to act on it in order to impact whatever it is that you're doing. That's so true. So you said like in 2014, you reformulated a lot of things and the original products were more organic and clean. And mm -hmm. now... So explain to me the organic and clean element of the brand now. Absolutely. Well, I think clean is an unfortunate name for the category. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put that out there because the opposite of it isn't a nice word. We actually like to say thoughtful or we're trying to say that, but the category is clean. Like mm -hmm. that's what it's known as. And yeah. before that, it was known as green, mm -hmm. the green beauty movement. And the green beauty movement was more focused on natural, organic, synthetics are bad, toxins are bad. And when I was doing all that, I was using certain synthetics and kind of put in a corner, even with some stores that were more green or natural as she's not totally natural. Okay. She's not totally organic. She's trying to be, but she's not. And I remember in skincare, it can be a little easier in color. It's definitely harder. You're also heating everything up to a certain temperature. It's not maintaining that same level of whatever it is that you right. want it to a have. pigment or for. shine or matte or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and then dyes, that's a whole other area that can be really controversial. And I remember at one point I was like, you know what? I'm doing something that's not being done in the way that is making people happy, but I don't believe that I can be this way. Like I can't be fully organic. The products don't work that well. Right, right. I, I don't think that they perform as well. So it was really about taking a good hard look at that and realizing that, okay, let's be thoughtful about it. I want to take out allergens. I want to take out fragrance and complexion. I'd like to take out certain ingredients that sensitize the skin. I'm going to add certain synthetics in that actually help to make this formula perform, make it last, preserve it properly. For natural ingredients, I can source some of these. They're not going to be organic because if they were organic, maybe I can't get them all the time or I'll have an inconsistency in batch. For example, like shea butter can come in looking more crystallized. Mm -hmm. It can even come in in like a white or a cream. Mm -hmm. So it starts to affect your formula. Right, right. So all those things came into play and I really looked to streamline it. And to me, the category clean, what it really is for many of us that are in it today, it is really the best of natural or the best of synthetic uh -huh. in a really thoughtful manner where it's colliding together to create a product that performs beautifully and kind of better than anything out there. Uh -huh. So that's the more or less the definition of clean. It can be so extreme. And some people are like, they only want natural and organic. And I guess to start that way and change, like, do you feel ever like a, a pushback? from customers or sure. stores about what once was and now what is? Well, in honesty, not as much lately. Yeah. We used to feel it a lot more. We had some accounts that dropped us when we started incorporating different ingredients. And mm -hmm. I think it's even in relation, in relation to like a culture in a company, you're either with it or you're against it. Right. And it's better to have that point of view defined. So yeah, absolutely. People were against it, but that was 
more before. I think now it's much more widely accepted. And yeah, I I kind of wish actually that the clean category didn't even exist and that it was just that people were people are buying product because it's already made in a way that is safe right. and thoughtful for the customer. And for us at Ilya, what we're really trying to do is just make really great product. Like I and that's and the mission there is to protect and revive the skin. So that is like at the very top of everything we do, when any brief that we start when we're creating product. It's to protect and revive the skin. And then we look how we can do that. And then the product really has to work. We run it through a consumer study. We run it through clinicals. Everything we do now has that aspect to it, which we could not afford in the past. Very expensive. You know, so for any brands out there wanting to do that, just start with one. You don't have to do it for all. But if you have an amazing product and you can really prove that it's making a difference on the skin, prove that it's improving somebody's skin, then you've got a winner. Yeah. I was talking to my sisters this morning and I was saying that I was interviewing you and my sisters love it. And they're all about very oh, sweet. like clean, natural beauty. Paige was telling me that she is obsessed with the skin tint and how it makes her skin feel. And so I'm so curious for you, you say like it's not only about covering it up or creating this like look of makeup. It's also actually helping the skin. So can you explain a little bit about that product? For sure. I think also taking it back to the old days when I used to get my makeup done mm-hmm. and what a makeup artist generally looks for is to have an immediate impact. Right. So spreads really well. It covers really well. It looks amazing. Probably for an hour or two, what starts to happen an hour, three, four, five, six, as the day wears on is it may not look amazing anymore. It may start to break on the skin or oil may pool. Maybe your skin feels like it's suffocated. It feels like you're wearing makeup. And that can be a result of just, you know, certain ingredients that are kind of suffocating the skin or wrecking havoc on the skin. And it's just not as compatible, so to speak. So we really look to build compatible products with the skin. And I'm not a makeup artist. I'm a customer. Mm -hmm. So with a customer who used to have really bad skin, it was important to me that this product wears well throughout the day. Totally. So, you know, is it going to give you coverage that holds all day no mm-hmm. but will it give you like a light to medium that kind of wears down naturally and it doesn't look like it's breaking on the skin or getting cakey yes you know it kind of just it almost melts into the skin and just moves with it throughout the day totally so like those are things we look to do when we're writing a brief we target that yeah and it's not I always say when somebody's in the lab please don't just put this on your arm and see that the color is there and right the, the finish is there. I need to know how this wears on the, on the face. Totally. So that's a really big factor. With Skin Tint, you know, that product was born, the Super Serum Skin Tint. It is one of our best sellers. And it was born out of me being really frustrated in the morning, bouncing a baby in those little bouncers and trying to put something on fast. It's still living in California, needing the SPF, needing the moisturizer, needing the makeup and thinking, this is too many steps. I gotta, we gotta, we gotta, this needs to be compacted. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the inspiration. And then it was, again, similar to the tinted lip conditioner, which is now Balmy Tint, mm-hmm. finding a hybrid product that can do a few things in one go. So that's how we look to build it. And I didn't intend for it to be a foundation. I just intended it for, to, for it to be a product that's really hydrating the skin, protecting the skin with mineral SPF 40. And really rebuilding the skin or nourishing the skin with ingredients like niacinamide, 
squalane. Uh-huh. There's a, a lantolin that's in there, like a, it's an anti-inflammatory ingredient that's approved by the FDA. So thoughtfully putting those ingredients together to help people who may suffer from redness or have other concerns that other products can exacerbate. So it was like a whole, a whole a very thing. Deep dive. Yes. Deep dive. I mean, the I love the skin tint, like what you said, really because of the moisture. For me, like what I found previously to using it is that I would have to mix my CC cream with my moisturizer. Like you said, you'd put on your moisturizer and then the CC and then the, or the foundation and then the SPF or whatever it was. And I was just doing like a big, I was pouring a little droplet and then mixing it all together to put it on. But what's great about your product is that, I mean, sometimes I even do like a little bit of moisturizer on before I put it on, obviously just for that added, but that you don't feel like once you put it on, it's, it's essentially taken off like all that moisture and serums that you've put on previously. It's just like adding on top of it. And it also looks like your skin, like you, you go outside and it's your skin. It's just like even and glowy. You don't look like that obvious, like you have the layer Makeup. of foundation, which is, I mean, some people that's their vibe, but like, it's not mine. A lot of people it's not. A lot of people it's not. And also like with acne, it was very hard to find us a cover up that didn't then dry out the skin and make it look like patchy and cakey and bad. I always felt like covering moisturizing and covering up acne was the hardest thing to do because as soon as you put foundation on it, it, it just dries up. Yeah, so absolutely. I mean, that's amazing. And squalane love like I use pure squalane in my in my regimen just to, on its own because I went to a facialist talking about it years ago and have loved it ever since. And it's also so good. Like if Sunny has a little scrape or Timmy has some psoriasis, it's so hydrating and good for that. It is. It's like an amazing moisturizer. It's it one really of my is. It's also really good for elasticity, too. And it's not it's good for people who have more reactive skin. Totally. It's an unbelievable moisturizer. Totally. So what are some of your personal favorites besides the skin tint? Oh, I get asked that a lot. I bet. Some we're working on that I'm not allowed to talk about. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But in the, in the lineup, if you are listening and you're new to Ilya, I always recommend the Limitless Lash Mascara. Love the mascara. Love them. And I'm so picky about my mascaras. Like they separate and they don't clump and they don't get those little balls at the end. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but like, yeah, I, it's it's so important for me also to not have like a cakey, thick mascara. I want each lash to be individual. And I feel like yours really does that. Yeah, no, it's it's a great lengthening mascara. We have a volumizing one too that does really well, but the Limitless Lash, that's the one in the white tube. And for me, I have really sensitive eyes. So not only I have sensitive skin, I have sensitive eyes. So many powder eyeshadows, I put them on my, my eyes literally get red immediately. Like I I have to use Visine or something if makeup is, it's just so sensitive. So I would say that when we were formulating that mascara, it is safe for sensitive eyes, Amazing. safe for contact lens wearers and ophthalmologist tested, uh-huh. which just kind of checks all the boxes. I think a lot of people are doing that today, but it's important because they're your eyes and you want to have something that's not going to have fibers Irritate that are them. kind of, yeah, dripping down into them. And right. What people really like about it is that it holds a lift, uh-huh. it holds a curl, it doesn't flake. It's water resistant. It isn't waterproof. But when you go to wash it off at night, it also comes off relatively easily, which is, I think, another big thing about a mascara because you can have an amazing mascara, but if it takes forever to take it off and you still have that black around your eye. Mm-hmm. Not fun. Not fun. And I feel like it's also not good for the lashes too to have that yeah. product left on there and to be like continually rubbing. 
Like I always had a rule with makeup artists, no waterproof mascara because the process of taking it off was brutal, brutal. And I also just think there's something more natural about non-waterproof. I don't know why. Maybe that's a personal there is. weird thing. Yeah, there absolutely there is. is. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. What else? We just launched our Bright Start eye cream, which I is mean, a retinol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you try it? Mm-hmm. Love. Okay. Love. Yay. That's good. That's such good news. It's done really well. It actually was, and I think we're out of stock now, but the top selling eye cream across skincare and makeup. No way. Oh my God. Which was a total surprise. It was such a good feeling because we are more of a makeup brand and we are doing some skincare items. There's a bit of pearl in it. So it still has a brightening effect and was meant to be a prep step to our concealer, but you can use it in the day. You can use it at night. It has the, a ceramic tip on it, which is really cooling. And it has a retinol, a sea fennel extract, which is like a retinol alternative. And we do have clinicals that over four to eight weeks, you can see a reduction in fine lines and wrinkles around the eyes. Amazing. So yeah, it's really fun. Skincare for me is a lot easier it than is. color. I was going to say, what do you enjoy more, formulating the skincare or formulating the makeup? The makeup, they're mm-hmm. both really fun. Mm-hmm. I actually, we have more skincare coming this year mm-hmm. and we have more color. And I like that they each get their own story in their own space. And the skincare, we can really celebrate some of the clinicals and physically what's happening to the skin. Right. With color, we definitely have those skincare ingredients in there and we're looking to tell a story, but it's also just nice to have a pop of color. Yeah, and, 100%. And just be playful mm-hmm. and have fun with it and I think people get excited about color. There's something exciting. We have something big coming in the fall, so which Ooh. is really fun. Okay, We're excited good. About it. Well, we can talk about that more next time. So there's also, I was watching your Instagram today. What are the I wands called? Oh, the liquid, liquid powder. powder. So there's the liquid powder in like, it looks like a light blue, but it's not. It's like a light bluish gray kind of. Oh, dove. Dove. And I love that color because it mirrors the effect of like a concealer for your eyelid. So it totally brightens the eyelid, but it has that hint of blue that you want without being too blue, hint of blue gray. And what I like about so easy to apply, it's not like, you know, I just like swipe it on, go like this and then I'm done and it dries easily and I don't have to worry about it creasing or anything. But there's just something about that color. I don't know if it's my skin tone or whether it's just whatever the pigment in it is that it's just so brightening. So that's one of my personal yeah. faves. Nice. Nice. So those are those are the matte versions. So we have shimmer yeah. matte and it's funny because Dove, that actually was a color I pushed for. I had something from a brand in the yes. 90s that was like a really light gray and they discontinued it so yes. long ago. And I was like, we've got to create this type of yeah. shade. It's so, and it does it exactly for you. It does that for me. It actually goes a little more lilac, which Pretty. is funny. And then there's another one called Adobe that I use that neutralizes okay. my lids. So if, yeah, if you're into looking to neutralize your lids, some of the neutrals in our liquid powder matte eye tints will definitely help with that. So that makes me really happy to hear that it's yeah. working for you okay, that way. Good. And like, do you get playful with makeup every day? I think in Canada, people wear less makeup. So that's been, yeah. I've, pulled, I've pulled back a lot. Like in the weekends, we're in the mountains and I'm mm-hmm. like, lots of moisturizer, lots of moisturizer. <laughs> right. But no, I like I my team will push me because we have to always try things. And right. 
the color is definitely fun to play with. Mm -hmm. And I have a huge box next to me. It's actually, you can see part of it sticking out on the side here with all of, we just went to a couple shows and there's all these samples that I have to touch and feel. So that's so fun. That's absolutely need to play with it. So moving off of products a little bit, like I said, I have a lot of career driven women that listen. Do you have any career advice that you've received in the past that really sticks out to you? It depends. I've definitely received a lot. A lot of it was gut intuition. Mm-hmm. So I would really encourage people again to listen to their inner voice and listen to their gut. And I think also somebody told me, figure out what you can do really well and what you can't hire somebody to do it. That's such good advice. Another really successful entrepreneur said that the other day too. And it really struck a chord with me because I think at the beginning of starting a company, you want to micromanage everything and you're like, nobody can do it the way that I can. But I think that like stick to the things that you know you're great at and and don't have an ego about the rest, right? Yeah, don't have an ego about the rest. I think there is, you know, I actually, so my, I'm not the CEO of the company. Okay. Thank thank God. Okay. That was a personal choice. It was. Mm -hmm. And it was a choice that was made a long time ago. So Mm -hmm. the company was founded 2011 when we started looking to explore everything with Sephora, Sephora actually was exploring with us since 2012, but we didn't start anything with them till 2016. And when we started that relationship, I knew I was not in a mom and pop star Mm -hmm. anymore. Mm -hmm. I was dealing with a prestige beauty retailer that is really considered to be one of the best in the world. And I didn't understand how to deal with them. So I really needed to find somebody that had those relationships and the experience of of understanding how to grow a brand in that environment. And I found my business partner, Linda Berkowitz, through Sephora. And that relationship started and she was consulting. And then eventually we brought her in full time. And it didn't make sense for me to maintain a CEO title. I think when a company hits a certain size, Mm -hmm. a CEO to me, another word for it is an operator. And a really good operator can look at everything across the business and the business itself, the sales, the finance, the operations, they're very much into the function of the day-to-day of that business. Whereas many entrepreneurs are more creative. And that's the thing, you got to know where you're good and where you're not. So like nobody should ever stick me in finance. It's it's just, it would be the worst, <laughs> worst idea for me to be living over there. It's and, so true. It's so true. And for finance, you should probably never stick anybody in creative. Right. That would probably be the worst thing for them. Right, right. Right. Yeah, it is. It's so important to be able to build that team and to know who the right people are that fit those roles. But like you said, it's all using your gut intuition to make those decisions at the same time. I know you mentioned there were some launches that you can talk about yet, but do you have any launches coming up that you can talk about or share with us? We have a bigger focus on eyes this year, which may come as a surprise because we've done a lot of it in the past, but there are some new items to the area that we have not explored. Okay. And also that will happen throughout the year. So there's definitely a bigger celebration around the eye area. Okay. Okay. Good. (laughs) Okay. Amazing. I've loved your product forever. I am a huge fan and I like you feel the same. There has to be a balance of the quote clean and the performative. And I think that you've really struck that balance. Tell everybody where they can find you and find out more about your brand and purchase everything. 
Yes. So you can find us at all Sephora locations. We have other select retailers. And then of course, iliabeauty.com would be where you would go to look for a lot of our products as well. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you loved this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. I'd love to hear what you think and anything more or even less you'd want to hear about. Tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. If you want to know more about what I'm up to, you can find me on Instagram at Whitney E. Port, my website, WhitneyPort.com, and my YouTube channel, Whitney Port. Peace in the streets. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.